advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holters with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we call the shop, the barbershop, the Spider-Man, the 10-year National Football League veteran, former linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs, and a few other teams, Sean Barber. By the way, we're both rocking the headphones on a happy Thanksgiving uh, weekend. We hope everybody is being careful. We know this is a tough one. People are meeting virtually, Sean. Uh, we're doing that in our family, Doing a, we're having a Thanksgiving dinner with Zoom. And uh, but uh, I know for you and your family, we're all trying to, you know, do this right. And it's just a weird Thanksgiving. But we hope nonetheless, people have a special Thanksgiving. Where everybody talk about a small gathering, but when you have six kids, uh, the word small <laughs> doesn't really refer to the barber clan. So we we, we hunker down. We're going to be, uh, you know, socially distanced. We're going to have a great, all the turkey stuffings, all the sides and everything. But yeah, it's going to be just us. And that is a little bit different because we were used to having the, um, my in-laws and my, my mom and dad and everybody together, uh, especially during the holidays. But we just want to appreciate everybody who's making that sacrifice, doing what they can to um, definitely slow down the spread of coronavirus and wearing their masks. Um, even if you do decide to be around others, stay socially distanced, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, do everything you can do to just help uh, help your neighbor out, help everybody stay as safe as possible. And let's, you know, as a community come together and really stop the uh, increase of this spike. Yeah, and it sounds a little cold-blooded, but you really have to treat everybody as if they're positive. I mean, that's just the kind of the strategy. If you can kind of make your mindset that way, um, that's what Rick Burkholder said way back when, and the team is trying to uh, hang in there. Uh, every day we're seeing something. We know the Ravens are affected now with their game Thursday night against the Steelers. Chiefs this week against the Buccaneers. But we're taking another kind of Google Earth global view of the Chiefs in this show because I had a chance to sit down with General Manager Brett Veach like we did last week with the chairman and CEO of the Chiefs, Clark Hunt. But we're going to get into this because this is kind of like why we win part two, but we're going to entitle this one The Secret Sauce. Mm. Because what the Chiefs have done now, eight years of winning, has developed, it permeates through the entire organization. Mm -hmm. And Brett Veach is zeroing in on basically being the NFL executive of the year, what he did in the offseason. But The Secret Sauce, we're going to hear things in this interview with Brett kind of like creativity and trust and communication. But let's start with the creativity because Brett Veach has been not only relentless, he has been, he and his staff have been very creative in the age and the day of the salary cap. Yeah, when you talk about his staff, one of the guys that come up is definitely like Ryan Poles. He's a he's one of the most uh, up-and-coming, bright-minded. When you talk about the depth of scouting, understanding a player from his college, high school career, how did he evolve, what makes him tick, how does that player work on and off the field so that you can know when is a, 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 a good risk, a great risk? There are some players that have some checkered pass, have some flags, have some things on their on their on their you know on their profile that makes teams drop them off the, the, the draft board. But when you do enough research and find out the why, why did these things happen? It might have been just an environment. 
And when you think about bringing somebody out to Kansas City, as strong as our locker room and our coaching staff and um, um, the, the way we do things here, it can take somebody with some question marks and flags in their past. And you think about supplanting them here in Kansas City with the leadership we have here. And sometimes those flags aren't as uh, negatively impacted as with other teams. Yeah, and a reminder, we've worn our Bose phone, headphone 700. A lot of folks are getting ready to do their holiday shopping. Of course, they're going to have to do that virtually too, a lot of it. But just go to Bose.com and check these out. These are the best headphones I've ever had, not even close. Um, and speaking of excellence, they're excellent, but so of the Chiefs. Also creativity as it comes to handling the salary cap. People have asked me all across the country, oh, my gosh, you re-up Mahomes? Wait a minute. You re-up Chris Jones? I mean, you're re up on all these guys. How are you getting this done? Well, it's all done, you know, legally. Uh, you got to follow the rules because the NFL looks at it every day. But guys like Chris Shea and Brant Tillis, I mean, they are some of the best in the business. Uh, that, and I would say, too, the communication that's there between the coaching staff to the scouting staff um, and to Brett Veach's personnel staff overall is there because if I'm recruiting you or looking at you to draft you or get you as a college free agent, I have to look, do you fit Spags' defense? And to me, that's communication. Um, and the Chiefs have taken guys like, what would they take Legereus Sneed? He's not even rated above Amik Robertson, and that's his college teammate at Louisiana Tech. Well, Red Veach and his staff are trained to know what Spags wants. What does Coach Reed want? And I think we're seeing that manifested in every offseason from uh, Brett Veach and his crew. Yeah, I think when you look at some defensive coordinators, they talk about lockdown corners. They want somebody who takes away half the field, who you can follow a number one receiver around. Our defense background, uh, especially in the backfield, uh, the defensive back position, it's like you have five or six positionary players. And all of them are expected to play the safety position, the cornerback, the nickel, the perimeter corner, the, the, the boundary corner. We have a lot of positions, but they're all – uh, interchangeable. We expect guys to have fast feet, great ball skills. Uh, they, they need to be heady, smart, be able to communicate, be able to trust leverage, be able to play center field, uh, drop down and play a whole player. So we, 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 we look for attributes and skill levels that go beyond just a, a certain position. We don't want a cornerback just to be a, 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 a lockdown corner and not be able to do anything else. When you're a defensive back in Spag's defense, you have to be able to play all five or six positions and do it at a high level. On the offensive side, a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to look and see how he fits coach's system. And people saying, wait, he might be a new Sproles. He might be the next Brant Westbrook. And that's where I really appreciate Brett and his staff uh, because they are trained that way. Like their mind, body, souls trained when they look at video and they're visiting when they can go back to the campuses and visit campuses. And when they're looking at free agents too. Because uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, doing the character checks, getting the guys that, hey, didn't work out someplace else. Well, wait a minute. you got to consider this or that. And you, you add a Terrell Suggs last year. You add a Stefan Wisniewski. And we've seen guys added this year, uh, veterans that have really helped. Kaletsia Semele before he got hurt. And that's what you appreciate, the trust, the communication, the creativity. And Veach shop never stops. He never, ever stops. Yeah, and the players are, are, are all on board with that because you get a guy like Clyde Hilaire and he comes to a team where um, we don't use a fullback. We, 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 we do a more of a spread, stretch, cut, but you have to be good on all three downs. 
you got to be a running back that's able to catch the ball, pass, protect, and then also when needed, run the ball in a four-minute situation, run through tackles, run through, and, and still get positive yardage. So that that kind of running back isn't just everybody. A Leonard Fournette style of running back wouldn't work for him. We saw him the other night with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drop a few balls, miss a, miss a couple reads. Uh, he's used to having a fullback in front of him, downhill running game, and that's just not what you do with our offense, the way we spread it out, because we want to attack a defense vertically and horizontally. We want you to have to cover all 100 yards up and down the field and then all 53 and a, and a quarter yards going from sideline to sideline. And so sometimes the talent and skill level of a certain player, a certain running back, just just wouldn't fit the scheme of how we do things. And that's on the offensive side of the ball. And then on defense, we talk about pass rushers, uh, linebackers, and defensive tackles. Everybody wants to think that because somebody was a Pro Bowl level defensive tackle, a, a Sue or, a, or an Aaron Donald or a, a Mac, they could just come to the Kansas City Chiefs and be that impactful on our defense. But we, we really look for certain traits. And a lot of the traits we look for are not even on the field. It's a character, it's a leadership, and it's that being able to play with one another and having that trustability, that confidence that the person is going to be where you are supposed to be each and every day on a consistent level. And the crown jewel of this discussion is Patrick Mahomes. Yes. When a lot of the NFL saw him as air raid, crazy dude, he can't, you know, he's just slinging it all over the place. Brett Veach saw him as a generational quarterback, and he has turned into that. So let's uh, turn now to that interview that I had with Brett Veach. Uh, Chiefs general manager, and discussing the Chiefs' secret sauce. All right, now on Defending the Kingdom, this episode is why we continue this theme of why the Chiefs have, have won, why they've won, why they're winning, why they can win. With us now is general manager Brett Veach. And first of all, Brett, congratulations on your uh, contract renewal, your new contract moving forward. Uh, Well-deserved, my friend. Well, Mitch, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate that a lot. And um... – I'm, uh, I'm excited to spend some time with you uh, on this uh, Zoom call. And said earlier, miss seeing it, seeing you at the stadium. Uh, it's not, it's not the same. So, looking forward to the day where um, get to see in person, calling, calling our games. That and being in the back of the bus with those conversations are some of the best I've had in my life. All right, I want to ask you this: consistent winning is interesting because in the in the history of the Chiefs, 61 years, when the, prior to Coach Reed, when there was a good year or a great year, the next year the Chiefs could not, or Texans going back to Dallas, couldn't follow it up. Now we're looking at with Coach Reed, 85 wins in eight years, four straight division titles, two home AFC championship games, a Super Bowl title. Winning in this league is hard to do. Why has it been sustained in the eight years under Coach Reed? Well, Mitch, I think it, you know, it starts from the top with uh, Clark Hunt and his overall blueprint and, and vision for this organization and I think it's, it's a trickle-down effect and I think the cool thing with Clark is he allows um, our departments and whether you talk about Andy and his coaching staff uh, Mark Donovan and his crew or um, me and my personnel staff he allows us you know to to be ourselves be creative uh, and work aggressively under that overall blueprint and vision and and I think Mitch you can attest to this um, we work uh under those parameters, but we are unique and, and we stay aggressive. Um, so whether if that's coach, uh, you know, the guys won um, top five all time in, in, in wins in the NFL. So if uh, you know, you're looking for a great example, that's, that's a guy that always continues to push the envelope and, and looks to get better. And whether if that's watching uh, our stuff from, you know, 
2013 or whether it's watching a 1950s Rose Bowl game, right? I mean, he's always going to stay aggressive. He's going to push the envelope and, and, you know, we operate the same way. You know, we, we have some methodologies and, and some things that we know are time tested and we know they work, but we also know that we can't stay stagnant as a staff and we need to continue to, to push the envelope and, and stay creative and, and, you know, Mark and his, his staff do the same thing in regards to um, our brand awareness and our, and our product. So I think that, you know, Clark and his uh, ability to allow us to, to use our creativity to stay aggressive has been really beneficial, beneficial in the sense that, you know, we have things that we know work and we also know that if we stay stagnant, um, we won't continue to have success because everything in life changes. And, and I think we're in a very, we're in a position where because of our aggressiveness, we we're able to be, um, fluid and, and make changes and, and stay on top of the curve. But Brent, as a follow-up, I mean, in the history of this league, usually after a Super Bowl championship, things can kind of unravel. I mean, you get uh, assistant coaches, get jobs, they move on. This whole staff stayed together. You kept the team together. Now, how are you were able to basically keep all of the key components together? Because it's showing up so far in 2020, particularly in these uh, unique times we're in. Well, yeah, man. So every season is, is different and, and unique. Um, you know, these guys come in um, during the free agency process or draft process or whether they're here the year before and uh, they quickly uh, blend together and the different characters and personalities come together and they start to, to build that cohesiveness and, and, and they grow as a family uh, differently each year. Uh, certainly after winning a Super Bowl, um, is is just a complete unique experience in and of itself because again you're gonna build those family type ties throughout the course of a season but when you experience something as special as a Super Bowl it's a it's a completely different dynamic and, and I think we've seen that pay off for us so I think when you approach an offseason you have that added benefit and advantage of, of experiencing what we experienced knowing how special it is so there's that natural um, drive and determination for these guys to want to be here. So from that, it's just a matter of us being detailed and disciplined in our, in our plan. And, uh, you know, one thing that's a little bit more difficult for me is just being patient and, and understanding that, especially what we've had to um, overcome this off season with the, with the pandemic, but just having a plan and being patient and knowing that, um, you know, all the hard work and, and all the, the vision and, and, and the planning went into this uh, months ahead of time. And, you know, it, it may take some time, but um, we know the guys want to be here and we know we have a good plan and it's just going to require a little bit of patience and a little bit of, um, uh, you know, understanding that these things don't happen overnight. And I think we're able to do that. And, you know, a lot of the credit goes to the, the cap staff I had um, coming up with different and unique ideas. And, and that goes back to, what I just mentioned earlier about staying aggressive and, and being on top of things. I don't think a lot of us had heard the term guaranteed mechanisms before this year. Um, but that's just an example of our cap guys following that blueprint of, of staying aggressive and, and continuing to come up with ideas. So again, we had um, a unbelievable unique experience with the Super Bowl. We we're able to carry that momentum in the off season. And then our guys just had a real detailed and organized plan and we, we stuck to it and the patience paid off. But you've also been adding to this. I mean, you add it by the week. You just added Baker. You added Le'Veon Bell. Uh, two things here, adding depth and why it's important, especially where we're getting tested every day for COVID. All 32 teams are sweating this out almost every day. And then, two, this is a couple of years ago. 
but we stopped on the stairs and talked and you said cap flexibility is key. Like you have to have the ability to maneuver, uh, particularly this time of year. I mean, it was about this time of year last year, you added Terrell Suggs and, and a year, month before Stefan Wisniewski. So what about that? And you continue to add and having the flexibility to be able in that position to do so. Yeah, depth is is important every year, and then this year it's it's even more important because of of the pandemic and because of the virus uh, and, and the testing. Um, you know, we we do operate with the mindset that you know we don't look at uh, a roster and uh, and look at the guys we have uh, as a starting unit and and just try to patchwork everything else. We you know. It, say it every year, it really is a battle of attrition. So, you know, when, when we operate as a personnel staff, um, when we're putting a roster together, whether uh, a player is the eighth offensive lineman or sixth defensive lineman or fifth corner, um, you know, we always approach that as this, as if these guys are going to be on the field starting for us or playing significant um, amount of time for us. So it's, it's not a matter of if, just when. So, um, you know, our, our staff never really um, – hits the pause button on the tape and they continuously um, have ideas and, and so, you know, solutions to, to problems. And, and, and like I said, you know, it, it's kind of a, a two pronged approach too, where we're building depth because we know that at a certain point, we're going to have to utilize these players on the field. Um, but also, you know, a lot of this depth is, is going to be um, peeking to the future. So, when when we have young guys on our roster, you saw it last year with Fenton. Um, you're seeing with Alec Ready this year. It's it's you know getting these guys ready, knowing that if they are called to duty, they'll be able to perform. And then it also gives us a look into the future of what we have down the line. So, um, you know, it's it's never more important uh, than this year. And as far as cap flexibility, um, you're certainly right, Mitch, in the sense that <clears throat> even with a well thought out plan for depth on the back end of your roster and your practice squad, you are going to have some scenarios that pop up that um, are going to be tough to navigate. So um, despite the fact that, you know, we had some uh, maneuvering to do and creativity that was needed to get Pat and Kels and, and Jones in here, we certainly left ourselves some flexibility for unanticipated uh, problems that, that may occur. And, and, you know, we're in a position to, to do things um, toward the end of the season if we need to. It is a little bit of a different time now because once the trade line trade deadline passes, all players go through the waiver wire. Um, and it, it's also a little bit different and unique because teams are carrying 16 players on their practice squad. So um, the availability of players is a little bit um, slim this time of year, especially with 16 players on a practice squad. But from a cap standpoint, we certainly planned for some unanticipated uh, events and, and we'd be in position to um, solidify our roster if we needed to from here throughout the rest of the season. I want to ask you about trust. It's a big deal. Um, and coach changed his franchise the first week he was here, but the trust between you and coach, your staff and coach's staff. But I want to ask you about the trust then also from the hunt family to you and coach. I mean, this, this contract uh, re-up basically is, is a great sign of that, but this, continued conduit or current of trust that continues to revolve around. How important is that? It's easy to take it for granted now once you've been in it for eight years, because I see other franchises that seemingly don't have it. And I've been around situations where it's not there. What about that? And how big is that as you move forward? Well, yeah, it's really, it's, it's the foundation um, for this organization and it's, it's, it's how we operate. Um, 
and it, it allows every person in their department to really be at their best um, when they know that they've been put in a position um, to do what they do and you know they're not micromanaged and they're not told what direction to go they're um, let me know what you think because you know we believe in you and, and that's you know it, it's motivating in and of itself just knowing that um, you're going to be given uh, a task to do whether it be from Andy or from Clark and um, when you come to them um, it's not going to be well let me see what else it's going to be all right let's go because they know that um, within your staff that Again, it's a trickle-down effect, so that trust trickles down with me. So what the guys that I employ, that you know, those guys I have the utmost trust in, and, and when we get together, um, Andy knows that whatever we bring to him, whether it be uh, a trade idea or a draft prospect, um, it's going to be one that has been vetted from top down, and, and it's going to be the best solution, and he believes in it, and, and we believe in it, and, you know, it's, it's very efficient. And, and uh, I think the, um, the results speak for itself, but I think it really brings the best out of each individual when you're challenged. And there's, to me, there's no bigger challenge when someone says, you know, it's, I trust you and, and just go. I mean, that, that uh, is certainly motivating for me and, and uh, it, it brings the best out of me. And, and I think it brings the best out of our entire staff. Looking ahead, one of the things that's been so impressive about you and coach is you attack today, but it's never at the forfeiture of tomorrow or the next several years. I mean, you're able to attack today and attack tomorrow and attack long-term. But we're also looking at a year next year, possibly, of cap reduction. I mean, there's some uncertainty here. So how do you keep this going? Google Earth thought here of doing this the next eight years, the way the Chiefs have done it in the eight years up to this point. Well, I think it's it's just staying aggressive and, and staying, um, staying fluid and always looking for ways – to, to make yourself better. Um, you know, the things that we've done this year, um, we, you know, you talk about making it through a season and you talk about having depth on the, on the back end of your roster and, and we do that, but we also do that with an eye on the future. So um, when you see guys getting called up to the active roster, like a, like a Tim Ward or like a Darius Harris, it's because we think that they can help us this year, but we also know that these players are under contract for, for more years and, and, you know, there could be guys that end up playing and starting for us. And, um, uh, when you go out there and have a plan for a DeAndre Baker, um, you know, you bring him in and, and you know that he can get up to speed and help us this year, but also what he can be in the future. So it's just really blending, um, like you said, Mitch, now and then together and, and making sure that you have good solid depth, um, but also that depth be um, young and untapped potential that could potentially get some experience this year that will translate and help really fortify this roster in years to come. Um, but aside from that, it, it, it's, again, it's just not being content and not being, you know, happy with what you've done in the past. I mean, we won the Super Bowl this year, and I think our guys, um, both personnel and, and coaching staff, has, we've worked even harder this year just because we know how hard it is. And um, as soon as you think you're good, you're not. So that's kind of the mindset we operate, and we just continue to push the envelope and stay aggressive. Well, and then you guys find guys like Turk Wharton at Missouri S&T. And I thought it was Durant did a great job thrown into the fire against Carolina when he had to block that Burns dude on the uh, possession. We took a 26-17 lead. That being said, all of this together, I don't want to embarrass you here. Congratulations on your new contract. But there's some thought you could be NFL Executive of the Year. If the Chiefs' kingdom is voting and we could stuff the ballot box, we would. Uh, but when you hear that kind of talk, what's your reaction? 
<laughs> well, listen, that's certainly a, it's very flattering, but you know, I, that would, you know, an NFL executive of the year award is really, it, it should be renamed Mitch a, a personnel department of the year award. And, and, you know, that's, that's how this thing operates here. And, and you know, I'm certainly blessed and honored to, to be in this position, but I also know that I'm in this position because of the outstanding people that work with me every day. And um, whether it be uh, Brant Tillis or Chris Shea coming up with creative ideas on the cap side and, or Mike Verganzi, Ryan Poles, Mike Bradway, Ryan Nutt, my the rest of my college staff that just do a tremendous job of flooding me with information and ideas. Um, it, it really is a, uh, a group effort here. And, and like I said, um, I think that kind of talk is more, an indication of how successful our staff has been and, um, you know, really proud to work here and, and really, you know, proud to work with the guys I do. Congratulations once again on many levels for many things. It's awesome uh, to be on this track and to share it with you and we'll uh, continue to try to run it back. Mitch, I, I appreciate your time. I, I miss you, man. And I uh, can't wait to, to see you back at our head stadium. Yes, sir. Red Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Brett Veach, Chiefs General Manager. Again, our Bose 700 headphones. Uh, great uh, holiday gift idea for you and your family. Uh, yeah, buy one for yourself. Um, but Veach, I think, has made a, a real pitch here to be general manager or at least executive of the year in the NFL because people have like, wow, he's done amazing things. And it's, it's really hard to argue what he's done, especially in the last 18 – well, let's go all the way back to drafting Mahomes. you got to go all the way back to that and realize this dude's on fire. Yeah, and when we talk about how do you create a team, especially in this time and age, right, with COVID, guys are a day's notice. You have to be able to morph your entire starting lineup. Guys, you know what they need? One of the traits we talked about uh, before the season is availability. That means somebody being available to play. But COVID has changed that word. That availability, you almost have to have like a morph ability. You have to be able to be so versatile that you could be a guard on day one and then by Friday maybe need to move the tackle. You might be a defensive tackle that needs to play defensive end. Your linebackers have to be able to go down, put their hand in the ground. Um, so much uh, having versatile players um, and being able to, for guys to play multiple positions. We talk about multiple fronts, uh, uh, multiple attack schemes as far as offensive de defensively, but now players themselves – you have to learn concepts. You have to be able to be um, so, so transformational as far as your ability to play and be on the field no matter what the defense and offensive philosophy is, what you were drafted or brought here to do. In a second's notice because of COVID, you might have to go from a certain position to a totally different one. Yeah, I think Brett's thought about COVID every day because he just continues to build at certain spots to be ready no matter what. And we said this a couple of weeks ago because that three division defending the kingdom episode has gotten a lot of looks and we were closing in on, I think we're over five, you know, five figures of people have seen that. Like what's the three divisions and the COVID division. Again, here we are very real this week in the national football league. It could dictate the Ravens Steelers game. And while we're talking COVID division, we'll just close this way. Uh, again, we want everybody to be safe this Thanksgiving holiday we know a lot of you have to be away from loved ones. Hopefully you can connect with them virtually. I know your family and my family is going to do that. We've got extended family that we love. Um, uh, and we just have to, as coach says, be disciplined and try to be unselfish here uh, as we try to win this COVID battle. But um, again, just blessings to everyone to have a great Thanksgiving season, although it may not seem like any we've ever had.
Man, we talk about defending the kingdom. We know all the fans here in Kansas City are so thankful, not just for the team, not for having Pat Mahomes and Coach Reed and all the other great players, but thankful that we even had a season. With everything going on, the fact that we were able as an NFL to even put together protocol and operations for for some fans to show up and for games to go on, man, we we should be so thankful and, and have an attitude of gratitude. That's the one thing, one thing I want to see from the kingdom. Let's continue to have an attitude of gratitude because we're so gracious and so uh, grateful that the NFL was able to put on the game at all. Man, we continue just to be blessed. Um, we want everybody's family and friends. Just continue to be safe and care about your loved ones, man. Uh, I know I appreciate you. I know Mitch appreciates you. In the kingdom, we appreciate you. I'll close this way. You just triggered a thought because we used to talk about this a lot, but we haven't recently. Do you realize... If it would have been six weeks earlier, there would have been no Super Bowl 54, no Chiefs championship, and no parade on February the 5th. If we want to be thankful about something in the Chiefs kingdom, hey, be thankful that we were given the gift of being able to win that game and have a parade and celebrate for the first time in 50 years because it could have been a much different story shop. So thanks for that. He is Sean Barber, the shop, the Spider-Man, the barber shop. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Thank you for this Thanksgiving edition, the secret sauce edition of Defending the Kingdom.